0: Well, it's great to be here uh, this morning. Uh, I'm excited about what God is doing. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 2. Being a grandparent or having your children leave home is, a, is an amazing transition time. Uh, it's a time when your kids, uh, m- maybe they're leaving home to go to college, or maybe they're leaving home to get married. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What do you do? Uh, how do you respond? How, uh, what's the relationship supposed to be like when your children leave home. I call this when the prince leaves home. We're always in transition in our lives, we are constantly in a position of transition from one uh, t- type of life to another type of life, or one avenue of life, or one stage of life into another stage of life. People are asking me, I'm 68 years old, in two, two years I'll be 70, uh, and people say, are you going to retire? And I say, no, I'm going to advance. I refuse to retire. I'm not tired the first time, but I'm going to advance into some different areas of ministry. We do advance from one stage to other stages. I was I, I recently, my daughter is married to a man in the military and they live in Biloxi, Mississippi and they had to leave Biloxi uh, or he had to leave Biloxi and he was, um, he was sent to Jordan uh, and he, so he's deployed and he was gonna be gone for eight months. Uh, that meant that she would have to be at home raising her four children by herself and the baby, uh, the, the baby our, our youngest granddaughter named Daisy, uh, she, uh, she was only like two months old, and we thought, that's not right. She needs someone to help her. And so we had them move with us. So they lived with us for eight months. That was a, uh, a, a new experience for us. And uh, uh, you forget what it's like to have small children at home uh, when they've been gone for so long. And so uh, they, they were there, and we, uh, we had four grandchildren living with us. Uh, my job in the morning was to get them to our Christian school, and so I picked them up. Not pick them up, but I would get them in the car uh, and drive to, to school. Well, one morning, we're driving to school. Now, Las Vegas is in a valley surrounded by mountains, and uh, beautiful mountains, uh, there's beautiful, we're in a desert valley, but there's pine trees, and it's gorgeous up there. It snows up there, doesn't snow down in the valley, and so we get to enjoy snow. I call it play snow. You guys have work snow out here. Uh, you have to shovel it. We just go up and play in it and leave it and come back down, down to, the, uh, uh, to the valley. Well, I'm driving out of, the, of, our, of our housing section one morning, and I'm looking directly west, and the mountains have just, are filled or covered with snow. It's beautiful, snow-capped mountains. And I said, my, I had my eight-year-old granddaughter, Ember, sitting over here. I had my, my five-year-old grandson sitting back here, and I'm driving. And I said, look at those mountains. I said, my mother used to say that those mountains were her mountains, that God put them here, and they're, they, that God put them there, and they're beautiful, and God made them for her. And from from the back seat, my five-year-old says, Grandpa, how long ago did your mother pass? And I said, oh, a long time ago. Then Ember, the eight-year-old sitting next to me, said, oh, why did she pass? And I said, oh, she just got old. She just got really, really old, and, and and, and she passed. There was a pause in the conversation for a few minutes, and then from the back seat, the five-year-old said, "Grandpa, you're old." <laughs> to which the eight-year-old responded, "Oh, that's okay. Grandpa's going to be a long, going to live a long, long time. He's got at least two or three years." <laughs> and so. Uh, so we are always in transition. We are always transitioning. Hopefully, hopefully I'm not going to transition that quickly, but uh, the Bible makes it clear that, um, uh, that, that we, we do live in these times of transition. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says this. Talking about a man getting married, the Bible says, and Adam said, now this is bone, my bone of my bone. This is Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23. When he sees the woman, he says, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of the man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Someone said that a marriage is not just the union of two people, it's the union of two families. And this can, cause, can be a great blessing, but it also can cause some major conflict. So how do you prepare for your children going away, getting married, leaving and cleaving? What is our response during those times? Uh, First of all, let me say this, that I think it's really important that you help your children pick the right life partner. I think that some of my friends would have accused me years ago of trying to pick who my children were going to marry, and we did not. We allowed our children to pick who they wanted to, but we helped them, and I think it's very important that we do that. Uh, There are several things that you need to check out. Number one, check out their salvation. Check out their salvation. Uh, does Does this person truly trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Are they really saved? Number two, check out their family background. Now, I got criticized for this. Like I, was, I was told, hey, you can't, just, you can't just be examining people. Yeah, you can. The most precious gifts that God's ever given you are your children. You're, you and your wife are given uh, these wonderful gifts, and they're not yours. They're God's children, and you're raising them. And you need, you, they were placed in your protective custody until they get married. And so you need to check out. You check out their salvation. Check out their, their, their family background. And then protect them. Protect them. Your child can blow it. My, my kids uh, said to me, M- Matthews particularly said to me, Dad, you don't trust me. And I said, no, I don't. I don't trust me. I don't trust anybody. We have a flesh that wants to do wrong. Check out their family background and then, and then uh, protect them. Here's how you protect them no single dating I told my children we told our children they weren't going to date anyone until they, whether you call it dating or courting or whatever you do, you're not going to begin a relationship with someone until you go to Bible college. You're not ready for that. You're not ready to start a dating relationship until you're ready to get married. And, and, and because every date is a possible mate. And you need to understand that. And so there's not going to be any single dating. When our children were in high school, they had... Um, we had in our church uh, uh, different uh, banquets and that kind of stuff, and so as groups, our kids were allowed to go on group things like that, and be together with uh, teenagers all the time, uh, but they weren't allowed to fall in love until they were ready to, uh, they were age ready to get married. And so we told them, hey, uh, uh, no single dating. Number two, always be where you can be interrupted. I tell this to, to, to uh, single adults in our church all the time. I say, listen, you need to be careful. You need to understand. You may love the Lord and she may love the Lord. Uh, you may love the Lord. He may love the Lord. But you need to understand that Satan will tempt you with your flesh. You wouldn't be dating if you didn't at some time want to be married. And you want to be married not just so you can sit around and talk. The fact of the matter is you need to place yourself in a position where you can always be interrupted. And then make your home available. As parents, you should make your home available, let let your home be there. Our our home was always open to all of our children's friends all the time. Uh, We wanted them to know. Uh, and when I say all the time, I'm not saying 24 hours a day, but we, when, when there was time for activity, we wanted our children to know that they could bring their friends over and any guy, any girl could come uh, because we wanted them to be able to feel comfortable in our home. So help them pick the right life partner. <clears throat> then teach them the principles of marriage. Teach them the principles of marriage. Uh, again, they must be saved. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, but they, if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it's better to marry than the, to burn. Uh, the wife is bound by the, by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, and this is t- talk, talking about a widow particularly, but here's, here's the rule, she is at liberty to marry whom she will only in the Lord. The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. Uh, she's supposed to be married only, or a person's supposed to only marry someone who is a Christian. Make sure they, they are Christian. 2 Corinthians 6:14 says, be not unequally yoked together. There should be no such thing as evangelistic dating. Uh, well, I'm going to try and lead this girl to the Lord. I'm going to try to lead this guy to the Lord. You won't do it, and you won't be happy. You say, well, I know somebody. You might, might find one in a million uh, that, that worked out well and thank God for his mercy, but that's not God's intent. So t- teach your children to not be unequally equally Ill. Then they must have a desire to marry. Don't push your children into marriage. And, 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 and understand this, that God says... If they cannot contain, there are some people that do not want to get married. Don't push your children uh, into, get, into getting married. Number three, they should be serving the Lord. This person should want to serve the Lord. Not just that I'm saved, but they're serving the Lord. Are they doing what, what God wants them to do? Are they uh, ministering? My, my, my daughter, Faith, um, was, had gone to college, graduated from college, came home, uh, and was serving in our church and you know you think well what happened there's four years with a with like 500 guys in the college or 1000 guys and she's a pretty girl what's the deal i think girls that are really pretty intimidate guys and uh and so uh, uh she she came home and and um we were she was playing the piano in our church one night and all of a sudden this guy comes walking in the back door and he, and he got there by accident. He was looking for a Southern Baptist church, and he found an independent fundamental bible even Baptist church. And he had, because he couldn't find the other one, he thought, well, I'm going to go to church. It's Wednesday night. That was a clue to me. The guy was looking for a church, nobody making him. He had just moved into town, and he, uh, he came in. That night, we were teaching on how to lead people to Jesus Christ, and I was doing some demonstrations, and he said he really loved that. And he wanted to see, the, see what was going to go on the following week. And so he came back the following week. That the following week I noticed that my daughter from the piano noticed him back there. And I noticed also that he noticed her beyond the beyond at the piano. And from that point on things began to progress. I, I what I what I what I'm saying that for is to say this, and this guy was looking to serve the Lord and wanting to serve the Lord. I told our children, find somebody who loves Jesus. More than they love you, because when, then when you're unlovable, they'll stick with you because they love Jesus, not because you're a lovable guy or a girl. So, so make sure that they're serving the Lord. Number uh, D, they should be morally pure, morally pure. I believe this, and, uh, and I've said this for years, that virgins should marry virgins, virgins. And I I believe it's very careful that you need to be very careful about people who have been involved in pornography. Now, my daughters, when they were getting married, we interviewed every every one of their candidates, and we at first we waited until they started getting serious about a relationship, and then we thought, I thought this is not good. My daughter is getting emotionally tied with somebody, and I don't want them to get emotionally tied because there were times that I'd. I'd talk to a guy after she's getting emotionally tied to a guy, and then uh, I have to go back and say, well, honey, this one's really not the one, I don't think, and, here, and here's why. And then I got heartbreak to deal with. So we just decided after, after the first or second date, uh, we were gonna have a conversation. And there were three basic questions that I asked every guy. The first question was this, I would say it this way, I would say, uh, I need to talk to you, and I I understand you're just beginning to date my daughter, but I I don't want this to progress any farther uh, if there's not some conditions, and and they are these. Number one, if you really want to date my daughter, you need to understand that she is a virgin. She's kept herself pure now, I'm not saying if you're not a virgin, you can't be used of God, or, you can't, you can't be, or God can't use you in a, in a wonderful way, but my daughter has kept herself pure, and this is a tough conversation sitting across the table from a young man who's studying for ministry or uh, 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 wanting to serve the Lord. I'm not saying that you, God can't use you, I'm not saying that God can't bless you, but I'm telling you this, my daughter's a virgin, she's kept herself pure, and she wants to marry a virgin. And so you don't have to answer this question, but you need to understand that if you're not a virgin, my uh, daughter will not want to marry you. That's number one. Number two, I would, uh, if, if that question, and, and at that point, there were guys that said, well, I don't want to answer that question. And I'd say, well, okay, then well, that's fine. And, um, and then they didn't answer the question, and they didn't date my daughter anymore. Uh, number two, I would say, um, and uh, Now I need to ask you, how much pornography have you viewed? You say, well, how, what do you mean, how much? In our culture today, pornography is carried around on phones. It's in people's pockets. It's on the TV. It's everywhere. Uh, in, improper images are everywhere. And so I wanted to know, have you been involved in pornography, and how much pornography have you been involved in? And what type of pornography have you been involved in? Um, if a, if a, a young man was involved in pornography, I didn't tell them that they weren't qualified. I'd say, listen, when was that? If it was a year or two back, I'd say, and, and are you totally free of it? Yes. Uh, if they said, uh, oh yeah, I've, I really have a struggle with pornography, I'd say, I'll help you with that. I'll help you out of that. I'll call you on a weekly basis. I'll ask you this question, how are you doing? If you say not good, then I'll know that, that you've stumbled back into pornography, but you're not going to date my daughter until you're clear of pornography for at least one year. And after a year, then you can, you can come and ask me to date her again. So uh, they should be morally pure. I'm going to ask them if they're, if, if they're virgins, I'm going to ask them, number two, if they're um, if they've been involved in pornography and how much pornography have they been involved in. And then, number three, I'm gonna ask them, have you been involved in drugs? What kind of drugs have you been involved in? Because drugs are body altering, and, I, and uh, I, don't want my, I honestly just don't want grandchildren that are gonna to have to suffer the consequences of some young man who got involved in drugs and, and messed up his body. So, I. Uh, I, my daughters and my sons grew up drug-free. I want, I want them to have, me, have the privilege of having somebody that's drug-free as a spouse in, in their future. So I, I would do that. Later, uh, uh, when I got to our third daughter, we started asking another question, and that was, have you ever been involved in homosexual activity? You say, why would you ask that question? You already asked him about the moral question because I had a guy call me and said, you know, you asked me these three questions and I was going to date your daughter. You didn't ask me about homosexuality. And I said, I asked you if you were morally pure. I asked, and he said, well, when I, and then they would, uh, and that didn't just happen once. It happened two or three times. I realized uh, people think that's a different thing altogether. Uh, you need to guard your children because I'm, I'm telling you today, people uh, are, even with homeschooled parents, uh, children are getting involved in things uh, in within their homes that are that are horrible, and um, and so we had to uh, we had to cancel a dating relationship because uh, because of, of the man's genuine honesty with me, but that wasn't what my daughter wanted to marry. So they should be morally pure. They should be drug free. Uh, have they done drugs? Which ones? And then uh... they should be financially responsible are they in debt and how much debt what is their financial plan to get out of that debt that doesn't disqualify them from getting married but what's their financial plan and, and what are they going to do because they're going to be taking care of your uh... or your daughter or uh... they're going to have to deal your if it's your son he's going to have to deal with those things now all of these things are, are before you get married Um, and and helping them to choose to make the right choices. There's enough problems in marriage and enough conflict in marriage that you don't want that uh, conflict, uh, you don't want to add to the conflict by allowing them to bring in some baggage that's not necessary into their relationship. So, um, first of all, help them pick the right spouse. Number number three, by the way, my... This happened, I think, just with about each one of our our kids, uh, uh, our kids, or my what I call co-pops. They would, they're now, they're now the parents of my children because my children have married into them. So many of them thought. This guy is a real nut, this guy really is uh, gonna be, he's gonna be in your business all of his life, he's really gonna be on you and he's gonna be guarding over you and watching your life, you're never gonna have freedom. Uh, But that's not the case. My children would tell you now that they want me to come around and I'm not around uh, because we believe that once a person leaves their father and mother, they're to cleave unto their spouse And, and that It's their life now, and we want them to live their life, which brings us to this next point, rules for the king and the queen. Rules for the king and the queen. Number one, don't have them live at home. Don't have them live at home. Now, each of our children, at times of transition in their life, have moved into our house for a period of time Knowing that they were going to leave at 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 a cert, at a given period of time, uh, buying a, a new house. One they were buying, one was buying a new house, but the the new house the the old house sold, and the new house was uh, wasn't completed yet, and so there was a transition time between the old house and the new house. And certainly, we want to help out. But the idea of your children, your married children living at home, is not a good idea on a permanent basis. Number two, don't go to their house without an invitation. Now my children will say, oh, you can come over anytime. That's not the case. Uh, and what you need to understand is their house is their house and it's their private domain and you don't want to go to their house without an invitation. My wife reminds me about this all the time uh, because I'll say, hey, let's just go over. We haven't been invited and you're, and you're right. Uh, so let them live their own lives. Let them live their own lives. You, tr- you raise them so that you could set them free so they could live their life for the glory of God. Don't expect a phone call and don't be constantly calling them. Now some of you may be thinking, well man, if I do this I'll never hear from them. No, you will. You will hear from them. In fact, you'll hear from them more often than you wish to hear from them. Uh, if you follow these rules, I'm telling you this will help you. Don't expect a phone call and don't be constantly calling them. I had a, I had a, a Very dear friends of ours, their daughter got married, and she went on her honeymoon. And when they were on on, on their honeymoon, they were like three days into the honeymoon, and uh, and the parents called me up, and they said they've been gone for three days and they haven't called. Uh, What should we do? And I said. Nothing, leave them alone. Obviously, they don't want to talk to you. Obviously, they've been trained right. They're on a honeymoon, leave them alone. Don't expect your children to call you every day or every other day. Let them know, however, that the door is always open. The door's always open. That when, if they come by, you're you're there, you're available. Let them know that you care about them. My, my sons, I think probably my daughters as well, still walk into my house, walk right to my refrigerator and open it up, and it's theirs. I mean, uh, and my grandchildren are the same, but we don't walk into their house and do that. Uh, the, the, let, them, let them know that your door is always open. And then when you're invited, go if you can when they ask you to come, man, do everything you can, my, uh, my kids will say, hey, would you come over? And if I possibly can get away, I'm going to their house because I want them to know they're more important to me than anything else in the world. Always receive but never demand the grandkids. <clears throat> we were just, um, we were supposed to last Sunday be in a church in Philadelphia and something happened uh, to where that uh, that meeting was canceled, and so we had like an extra, we had an, a week that we were going to be in our cabin in Pennsylvania, and uh, so I called up my my because I knew my two grandsons wanted to come to uh, Pennsylvania. So I called up and I said to the mom and dad, I said, listen, I want you to know that if you would like them to come, we'll pick them up at Detroit and we'll drive them to Pennsylvania and we'll spend a week and then we'll drop them back off uh, last Wednesday and, uh, and they'll fly back and then we'll go to the next meeting. And uh, man, they were excited about it and they came out and drove us nuts for about seven days and then we gladly filled them with sugar and sent them back to their parents. Always always receive, but never demand your children, your, your grandchildren. At Christmas, let them live their own lives. When our first child got married, he married a, a beautiful lady from, um, uh, from actually our, our, our second son got married before our first son. Uh, but when he got married, uh, she's from Alabama. And uh I realized at Christmas time there was going to be a problem. At Christmas time, we were going to want them at our house and at Christmas time she was going to want to be at her house with her parents. And and so that was going to be a conflict for them. So we just determined that we didn't want them to have to have that conflict. So what we did is we changed Christmas. Uh, we decided that we were going to celebrate Christmas with our family. We call it the Tice family Christmas every uh, January 1st so on January 1st we have Tice family Christmas. You say why? Because nobody wants anybody on January uh, 1st. And and so we thought, okay, that's a week after Christmas. We'll just have Christmas on January 1st, and that way we can invite anybody. And so what we started doing was renting a cabin up in uh, Utah, which is about two and a half hours from us. And uh, we rented a cabin up there, and we would have all the kids come. And we had Tice family Christmas for two days uh, at the at the at the cabin. Now we just have everybody come to our house in Las Vegas. They're all gone. And they on Christmas, they can go to their parents. They can go off by themselves. They can go wherever they want to. They can, uh, But on January 1st, uh, it's ours. You belong to us. There's no demands a, at all in our family towards our kids except January 1st. Uh, it's Tice Family Christmas. And they love it. It set them free uh, so they could they could do Christmas and they could wake up Christmas morning and their kids could come downstairs and they could do all their, do their thing in their house and they didn't have to worry about grandma and grandpa. Uh, and, but we do this. We have Tice Family Christmas and our children look forward to it. Always love the spouse, genuinely. Always love the spouse. So, so when you get together, it's not, oh, so good to see you. Oh. Yeah, you too. Oh, I love no, it's love that spouse and, and just, uh, just let that spouse know that you love them and, and that you genuinely uh, care about them. Uh, so I tell people all the time, uh, we had five kids by birth and we had five kids by marriage and they are our children and uh, we love them. Then don't let your children gossip to you about their spouse. You say, what do you mean? I mean, this is what happens. John and Mary they get married, and then one night John and Mary have a spout. They're fighting with each other, and Mary gets so upset. And Mary comes home, and says, says You know what happened? He, he did this horrible thing to me. He did this. He did that. And I can't believe it. he just... Oh, oh. And, and and you say, Oh, oh." I not, never liked him anyway. And, and, you, and, you, and you hug him and you, and you hug her and say, he's a brute. And, and everything goes. And here's what happens. After you've talked to her and you've comforted her, she goes back home. Now John, she says, and John, John comes back in and John says, you know, I was wrong. I really acted like an idiot. Please forgive me. And she said, you know, I was wrong too. And, I was wrong. I, and, and they all make up and everything's fine. But it's not fine for you. You still think John's a jerk. And she should have never married him in the first place because all you heard was that and they didn't take time to come back to you and say, oh, you know, I was wrong. They don't do that. And you can't sit and listen to that over and over. You need to say, "You, this is what you need to say. When she comes to you or he comes to you, you need to say, you know what? God, God put you together and God loves you and and and." I'm very careful. I, I counsel couples all over the country. I'm very careful about counseling my children. I say, I've got a good friend. You go talk to them uh, because uh, I'm prejudiced, and, uh, and I, don't, I don't want to be in the middle, of it and I don't want them to feel like, like I'm in the middle and, and, and that I love one more than the other. Don't let your children gossip to you about their spouse. Don't get offended when they yawn at your advice. Um, I've written a book on how to raise children and my children have actually promoted and sold that book (laughs) but I don't think they've read it. Your children, your children will, you're just dad, you're just mom. They'll yawn at your advice. You can talk to them and they'll say, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then they'll come, they'll come to you. This is what they'll do. They'll come to you and they'll tell you some great revelation that they just learned and it's a really wonderful thing. And you've been telling them the same thing for 15 years. Uh, You'll, 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 uh, don't get offended when they yawn at your advice. Let them make mistakes. They'll learn from them. Let them make mistakes. Oh, I know what's going to happen. Well, let them make the mistakes. Now, I'm not talking about something that's going to destroy them or anything, but let them make the mistakes. Never say, I told you so. You keep that for your husbands. Never say that. (laughs) Never say that to your children. Always have a listening ear. Now, I'm not contradicting what I said about not listening to gossip, but always have a listening ear so you can hear the struggles that they're going through and you can let them know that you're praying uh, for them. Um, my daughter, uh, da- daughter texted yesterday and said, said, uh, oh, our air, she lives in Biloxi, Mississippi, and she said our air conditioner just went out. Pray that John, Josh will get, be able to get it fixed. And uh, so, a few hours later, she texts back and she said we can 't get it fixed until Monday and I thought, "Oh, so I just called up and i said uh, i said, "Tell me about it and she told me she, I thought it 'd be like a five minute conversation for about fifteen or twenty minutes. She went on about everything that was going on, and, and we just listened and listened and listened. in fact, her husband was in the In Lowe's getting parts and stuff and getting things ready and and she and I just listened to her my wife and I both listened to her for about 20 minutes and uh, I was it about 20 minutes and I guess or so and then uh, as soon as her husband came out to the car she said oh Josh is here goodbye and that was it she didn't need me anymore Uh, but uh, so you should always have a listening ear Uh, because then they'll be willing to share thoughts and their hearts with you and then open, always have an open heart, let them know that you care about them and uh, sometimes sometimes children can say things that are hurtful and they can say things that uh, hurt you Uh, you just always need to have an open heart and then let them raise your grandchildren trust them with the knowledge that you've imparted to them and let them raise your grandchildren now Here's the rules, that's the rules for the king and the queen, here's the rules for the prince and the princess. Number one, never live with your in-laws. You are to leave and cleave. I mean, you, you should, as, as, as soon as you get, I told my wife, I told my, my wife when we got married, we were, she was moving out to Las Vegas there wasn't one family member that I wanted to live with when we moved out to Las Vegas. I said, before we get to Las Vegas, we will find a place to live. Whether it's a cardboard box, whatever it is, we're not living in with my mom, and we're not living in with my brothers or sisters. We're not just, we're just not going to do that. So we moved out, and, uh, we, just, we, and before, we prayed that God would give us a place. And it was amazing. We prayed specifically that God would allow us to find a place that we could afford and uh, and, and get settled, or not to get settled into, but a place where we could live until we got uh, found a permanent place to live. And uh, a lady moved out, because we prayed about it, a lady moved out of uh, 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 my mother's trailer park, and she was going to be gone for three months, and she just wanted somebody to pay for her trailer space while she was gone for three months, and she asked my mom if if... Uh, if if uh, she knew anybody and she said, I happen to know a couple that's coming into town that need a place. And so we were able to drive in and go right to our trailer and live in our trailer. God can answer your prayers as well. Leave and cleave. Do not live with your in-laws. Never counsel, your, uh, never counsel with your parents about your spouse's problems. Remember this. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Never counsel with your parents about your spouse's problems. And then never borrow money from your in-laws without a contract to pay back with interest. Um, When we got ready to buy our first house, we had to have a $2,000 down payment. We didn't have the $2,000, and immediately my mom and her mom were willing to help us to, to, to get it. And, and you want to do that. As a, as a parent, you want to do that. But I, I have told, and what we determined at that time, was we were not going to buy A borrow money unless we paid them back with interest. So it would be a a business contract where they would benefit as well as us. You say, why? Why do you do that? Why? That's not. I mean, this is family. Here's why. I had a. a, a, I'll just give you one illustration. One lady gave her her son and her daughter, uh, her daughter-in-law. borrowed money, or not borrowed money, gave the money for a down payment on the house. That woman felt like that was her house. She put the money down, and years went by. And, and they were paying on the house and doing it, and, and but never paid back the down payment. And so that mother would just walk into the house. She'd say, this is my house as much as it is your house. And you don't want that. What you want to do is be living your independent life. Now, if, if I go to somebody, if, if there's a... if uh, interest rates are eight percent right now, and I say, "Hey, to my son, if you need some help, I, I'll I'll give you the I'll give you some, uh, I'll lend you the money for uh, at four percent interest. I'm helping him; he's helping me. I'm getting four percent interest on money that's sitting in my bank, and and uh, he's getting four uh, percent off a discounted rate. Um, and I'm just making up numbers. You understand, but." Uh, that keeps it on a business contract, and it and it it uh, you don't there's it causes less conflict within your home. In um, Exodus chapter 22 and verse 14, the Bible says, "If a man borrow aught of his neighbor, and it uh, hurt be hurt or die, the owner thereof, be, being not with it, he shall surely make it good." Make sure that you treat your uh, those. Who you borrow money from, right? Never uh, have in laws stay with you without a definite beginning and a definite ending time. Proverbs says, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee and so hate thee. This is, okay, so when are you coming? Excuse me, and how long are you going to be here? When are you coming? And how long are you going to be here? And what's the date? Uh, Don't have an indefinite, well we don't know, don't have an indefinite time. uh, Because you will find conflict within your home and that which started out to be a blessing will wind up being a curse. Protect your children from your in-laws. Protect your children from your in-laws. I'm saying if you are raising children, and I, I say this from this perspective, my Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord! All made professions of faith, but um, they weren't the godly sort. Um, I did not want my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law. Uh, I don't. I didn't want. Uh, I should say, my brothers and sisters, and my and their their in-laws, their their husbands and wives. I didn't want them influencing my children. I was going to protect them. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we have talked to um, couples who have said, yes, I, I was, uh, we had a problem. My, and they named the brother, the sister, the father, the stepfather, uh, was molesting our children. You need to guard your children from your in-laws. I, I made rules in our house. No drinking or smoking in my house. And, and you say, why did you have to make that? Because all my relatives drink and smoke. And I've, I, you're not going to have it in my house. In fact, when I made that rule, nobody came to my house for two years. It was really nice. Uh, <laughs> no drinking and smoking. Uh, we, we, you were not allowed to curse in my house. Uh, we. You show respect to your in-laws, but you don't submit to your in-laws. You show respect to your mom and dad, but you've left them, and you're not under their authority anymore. You show respect, but you do not submit. Listen to your children if they feel uncomfortable. Listen to your children if they say, I don't want to be with Uncle Joe. I don't want to be over there. I don't, then listen to your children. You have no obligation to your in-laws to allow them to watch your kids or have them spend the night. You, there is no obligation. I was recently uh, talking to a young man who said, you know, my, my mom and dad have a really sort of raunchy past. And I, we love them and we care about them, but they want, they want our kids to spend the night. I just don't feel comfortable with it. Then don't do it. Don't do it. You are not obligated. Well, I feel bad. Feel bad and don't do it. Well, they get mad. Let them get mad, but don't do it. Protect your children. uh, Protect your children at all costs. Children have been abused by their relatives, and you do not want to do that. F, this might sound contradictory, but become friends with the in laws. Make sure that you, you show them love and you show them respect. And then discuss how you will handle elderly or widowed in-laws. My wife and I, I said this yesterday, my wife and I, when we got married, uh, our, uh, my mom and her mom were both in their 60s. We knew that they were going to eventually live with us or something was going to happen. So we discussed that early Before we had children, what were we gonna do? We decided we would never have them in our house so we would build something on to our house so that when when that happened, we actually borrowed $40,000 and built a mother-in-law's quarter in the back of our house. And uh, uh, we borrowed it, uh, not thinking that borrowing money was a good idea, but I thought it would be better to borrow the money than to have them live in our house. They needed their privacy and I needed my life. And my children needed to be protected. So, um, uh, will, will, are they going to live with you? How do you feel about nursing homes? What do you feel about it? What are you going to do? You have a responsibility to your aging parents, but not to the detriment of your relationship with your spouse. Okay? So remember the rules. Remember the rules. Your first priority is, uh, in life is your relationship with God. Your primary human relationship is with your spouse. He or she is the only one that stood before God and said this, for better or for worse. Remember this, she's the only one that said this, he's the only one that said this, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love, honor, and cherish till death. Your mom didn't say that, your dad didn't say that, your kids didn't say that. But she and he did. Your children are your primary relationship as a couple. My primary relationship, humanly speaking, is with my wife Our primary relationship is with our children. All other relationships, period, are secondary. When you live by Bible priorities, you will have time for all the people God wants you to interact with. And you can remember that. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. uh, I hope that's a blessing to you. It's tough to be a grandparent. People say this to me. They say, do you have any great-grandchildren? I say, all of my grandchildren are great. Uh, You can be a great-grandparent. You can be a good in-law if you just follow these principles. Father, help us to take these and apply them to our life, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.